You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And away we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. Joined once again by my esteemed deputy editor, John Dixon. John, day after Christmas, best present that you got. What was it? Mm. Um, Terry bought a book that I uh, loved when I was a young man, like 10, 12 years old. One of the books that I read cover to cover and made dog-eared while I was a young man. Don't bury um, the lead here. What was the name of the book? They Fought for the Sky by Quentin Reynolds. Very nice. exciting book for a, a young man to learn about, you know, dog fights in World War One. I. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So I, had only... a, I had a paperback of it when I was a kid, and I, and I, I wore it out rereading it, and uh, Terry found a hardback for me. It's really cool. That is cool. That's a good present. That that's good to hear. We are past the holidays. We got a a Chiefs present on Christmas Eve, and that was the defense playing well. The twenty four to ten win over the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know if the diehard Chiefs fans are one hundred percent satisfied with the effort, <laughs> but I think largely we're feeling better about this team having them taking care of the Seahawks. I. We're going to get into marinated takeaways in a second. I, I felt like it was the most boring game of the year. Very, very dull game. <laughs> I wrote that in my my rapid reaction to this that we post on arrowheadpride.com. But better dull than exciting against a team that the Chiefs were were much better than, than again, it's the 24-10 win. It's going to be a little bit of a, an abbreviated editor show for you today. We are working the day after the holidays. So we want to get everyone back to, to their families really quick here. So we're going to just do the reviews quick here. John is going to wrap up Andy Reid, who we got a chance to hear from on Monday afternoon. And then we're going to get into marinated takeaways. And then we're out of here. So we wanted to make sure we gave you guys something. But again, we're going to just do a little bit more of an abbreviated show today. First things first, though, the reviews. We are in Ice Cream Cake Watch. We have it's December 26th in the middle of the afternoon. We have about five days to go here. And we are at 969 ratings. That means mm. we need 31 of you. And what I, I realized this, too, I was saying that you had to review. If you're shy and you don't want to write a review, we just need you to hit the five stars. So if 31 of you hit the mm. five stars here and get the number from 969 to 1,000, we will do the ice cream cake show next week. If Look, I'm, I'm, I'm a man of my word. If, you don't, if we don't get to 1,000, I'm not doing it. So... Uh, we have a couple of reviews to read. <laughs> the first one from Der Wills, five stars for the editor show, marinated takeaways intro. The rest of you need to step up your intro game. <laughs> well, pulling the curtain back, Steve makes all the intros. So Steve's against himself to make some better intros for the other shows. 
Uh, love the show. Uh, this is the next one. Good insight. Really enjoy Pete on Twitter as well as the podcast. Great shows. Uh, this one from John in Kentucky, a little bit longer. Your podcast, make it easy to follow the Chiefs, even though I haven't lived in Kansas City in 25 years. Grew up on Marty Ball, but pleased to get to enjoy the golden age of Chiefs football right mm, now. Yeah. Editor's show and show and BK are the best, but he enjoys most of them. The Brits are a hoot. He says, let's keep on enjoying the greatness. I always said no chance to win the Super Bowl if you don't have a Super Bowl quarterback. Suffered through so many seasons where we didn't. Keeping it about real this year, though, I love the youth movement for the future, but wonder if it's enough to win a few playoff games in the present. Thank you for being silky smooth, Pete. Enjoy the cake. So there's some confidence here from John in Kentucky <laughs> that we're going to get to the cake. Another one from another John. I like your podcast. Great job, y'all. Another one. Ice cream cake. I'm a loyal listener. I'm here for you, Pete. Merry Christmas to everyone on the staff. And watch out for the brain freeze. Uh, really concerned about me and the cake. Countdown yeah. to 1000. This is from Triple G. I've been a fan of the Chiefs since the 70s, loving the revival during the Mahomes era. Listening to Arrowhead Pride podcast, keep me up to date on all things Chiefs, as well as being entertained. In particular, I enjoyed the marinated takeaways with Pete and John and from the podium press conferences. This year, the AFC roundup has been good, even if things are not what the pundits predicted, hoping that this continues into the future. By the way, I'm in favor of raising the stakes for Pete if the podcast gets to 1,000 reviews by washing down the ice cream cake with an energy drink. So they not only want me to have a sugar rush, but a heart attack. And look, I'll do it. Uh, we'll add a we'll add an energy drink. So ice ice cream cake and energy drink to um, the the opening of the year show if we get to <laughs> one thousand. Last review that we have to read. Listen to your podcast and drive to work every day. Love getting all the insights and news for the Chiefs. Pete and John, your editor show is must listen. Keep up the great work. So there you go. We are at nine sixty nine. We need thirty one in five days for for this to happen. Um, all right. First things first here, John, actually, before we get to Andy Reid, we did have a little bit of breaking news this morning, and it mm -hmm. it has to do more with the Chiefs just because of us entering what will be Broncos week. So mm -hmm. Nathaniel Hackett has been fired as the head coach of the Denver Broncos, and this is very newsworthy, I think, in the grand scheme of the NFL because this is a head coach that is in his first year. And typically speaking, you don't see head coaches fired after their first year, let alone in the middle of the year, but just a completely um, embarrassing performance by the Broncos on what was national television, a 51 to 14 win for the Los Angeles Rams who are playing for nothing. They have Baker Mayfield coming in three weeks ago. Russell Wilson looked completely horrendous. This was also the Nickelodeon game where you had Patrick Starr of SpongeBob SquarePants fame making fun <laughs> of Russ in front of the children, children and adults of America on national television. And I'm not completely surprised that Nathaniel Hackett would was fired. I'm surprised a little bit of the timing. I would have thought that even after this disaster on Christmas Day on national TV, they maybe would have waited till after the season. John, what are your takeaway from the, the Broncos firing their head coach? Yeah, it's never good to fire the coach in the middle of the season. I don't think I would ever want to do it if I were an owner. But, you know, I'm not an owner. I don't know exactly what it feels like to be in those shoes. And and maybe it's you get to a point when it's unavoidable. You feel like you can't, you know, keep going with the way things are. But it just seems like things get so fouled up if you – Mm -hmm. get rid of the head coach before the season's over uh, and you have to go through this interim period. And it just, it just seems like a big mess to me. I, I, I don't think I would ever want to do it if I owned a team, but uh, again, maybe I, I don't understand what that's like. 
Yeah, from the Chiefs framing of this, it's now the second time they'll pr- play the Broncos this year. And Adam Schefter followed up with about 20 minutes ago. It's 2.40 here as we record. Broncos players were just informed that senior assistant coach Jerry Rosberg, whom Hackett had hired during the season to aid him in clock management, mm. is now taking over as the Broncos interim head coach effective immediately. I think the question that comes to mind for Chiefs fans this week is, does this give the Broncos an energy boost? And I... I would tell you that I think it does. I think anytime you have a coaching change in the middle of the season, there is going to be some kind of energy boost, positivity that goes along with it, especially when you're in the doldrums. Now, I think it asks a secondary question would be, okay, is it enough to beat the Chiefs? And I I still would tell you, hell no. Russell Wilson Mm -hmm. is, he is not the same guy. Now, his best game in recent memory probably was against the chiefs, but I I think the chiefs really let the Broncos in that game. You know, I I think, yeah, you've had the emergence of Jerry Judy, but this is still a playoff team competing for what would be a bye week and a team that is just so far gone. I think one of the worst situations in the league. Yeah. I think they'll get a little bit of energy from this head coaching change, but not enough to feel like they're going to have any reason to compete with Kansas city. That's where I'm at, John. Yeah, statistically, teams tend to do fairly well uh, after they change head coaches in midseason. And I think that's mostly a function of that they get back to like 50-50 as opposed mm-hmm. to being 30-70 or whatever they were yeah. before they hot f- fired the head coach. Um, so, yeah, I think they have a better chance to win the game. But this isn't a situation where I would expect the Broncos to win the game from a boost coming from a, a no. new head coach. They got a lot of problems there, and I don't think putting in the clock management guy is going to solve them. I'm just, I'm just not seeing it. With their win on Saturday, the Chiefs just need to win their final two games to continue to put the pressure on the Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills. The yeah. Bills continue to win. They beat the Bears. It's very simple for Kansas City. Uh, they beat the Bears, but the Bills actually have what it's – probably projecting to be the game of the year next Monday night yeah. against mm-hmm. the Cincinnati Bengals. It's a lot uh, to play for. If the Bengals were to win that game, not only would the Chiefs rise to number one should they beat the Broncos, but the Bills would drop to number three. So it would, it would completely shift the entire picture mm-hmm. of the AFC playoffs. If the Bills are able to beat the Bengals in Cincinnati, which is going to feel like a playoff game, and we saw the environment in Cincinnati when the Chiefs play them, I think that that place is going to be rocking. The Bills are able to escape Cincinnati. They will get the Patriots the final week, and the Chiefs need either the Bengals or the Patriots to win. They need to take care of business, and that's the AFC by the playoff picture right now. is pretty simple for for Kansas City. We'll see if the Chiefs were to slip up. We can talk about that when it happens. But you got to think that they feel pretty good, especially with the Raiders' loss over the weekend. Broncos are Raiders. The only thing they have to play for is is spoiler at this point, and I just. I don't see Kansas City slipping up, not to jinx anything here, but I, I just think the Chiefs should should project to take care of business here in these final two games, John. I, I'd have to agree with that, you know, but it's always it's the NFL. You never know right. how these things are going to play out. This is why they play the games. So we'll see right. how it goes. All right, let's get into Andy Reid. Andy Reid did still have his media availability today after Christmas on Monday afternoon. I wasn't available for other reasons just because uh, of what's going on with the holidays and whatnot. But, John, you had an ear to this press conference. What did you take away from Andy Reid? Well, um, really, he just addressed like four topics. Uh, he mm-hmm. was asked about the uh, the cheeseburger that he got for a gift from the team uh, <laughs> after the game on Saturday. It was really cute, too. There, I, We've got the video uh, from the, the Chiefs tweeted out on the story on ArrowheadPride.com. 
Um, he said it was uh, the the burger was fresh and it was one of the better ones he's ever had. And you know, do we really think he ate this burger out of the shoebox? This is a millionaire. Do you, yeah. Or was, <laughs> are we buying well, that? Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, it was like okay. four inches tall, five inches <laughs> tall. It was enormous. So uh, maybe, yeah, he could have eaten yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, if it was still fresh, uh, hey. you got to think that maybe he gave it a shot. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we also saw a couple of players that we hadn't seen all year uh, on Saturday's game, uh, Danny Shelton and um, Blake Bell. Uh, Blake, of course, has been um, injured all season with a hip injury, been on injured reserve, was activated on Friday. And mm-hmm. then Danny Shelton has been on the team for a while, uh, but on the practice squad, and both of them uh, were in the game on Saturday. And Reed said that uh, he's not – sure when we'll see Shelton again because that was kind of an unusual situation there with uh, Colin Saunders being ill for the game right. but he does expect Blake Shelton to uh, not Blake Shelton Blake Shelton Blake, Blake Bell that would be something hopefully, yeah, we'll hopefully he turns Shelton his in the tight end rotation there yeah <laughs> we'll have uh, but he does expect uh, Blake Bell uh, <laughs> to be back in there in the rotation as the season continues yeah, I mean, you'd hope that Gwen Stefani would come along with the. Uh, well, you with, would think so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah, um, I think I think you do see Blake Bell because Jody Fortson is on IR at this stage, so I think you continue to see Blake Bell. He's been a really reliable player for Kansas City over the years. Shelton, just a victim of the numbers game, but in the handful of snaps that he did have, I, I think he can do the job right now. If you have an injury or an illness, yeah, like we saw with right. with Colin Saunders, but. The good thing about Colin Saunders maybe getting back in the mix this week, John, is he'll stay stay off of Twitter, which I'm sure Andy <laughs> Reid would be in support of. Right? Yes, I'm I'm sure. And of course, the news conference took place right after the news broke about Nathaniel Hackett, and so Reid was asked about that because you know he also had a pretty bad season in his first year as an mm. NFL head coach. But the Eagles kept him around for 14 years, and he said, "Well, you know, every owner's different." Uh, you know, we happen to be finishing strong at the end of my first year, which certainly wasn't the case for the Broncos this year. And uh, so he said, as long as the owner can still see what the coach sees, you know, as long as the owner yeah. can still share the vision of the coach, they'll keep you around. And he, he thinks that's what kept him in Philadelphia all those years. But he Reed also had... said, yeah, go yeah. ahead. No, I think Andy Reid had a, a good family to begin with in the Laurie family in Philly. Sure. Yeah. And I think... And being blessed with that and spending over a decade with a team is, is very difficult to do. When he had to do this again, he had a couple teams interested in him, and that's to be expected. And I think he knew the importance of picking the right situation and the right family. And I think when he got to Kansas City and had that pedigree, he he was in a position to say, okay, I'm going to consider the Hunt family. But I think he was also in a position to say, this is what I want from you guys. And they were mm-hmm. able to, everyone knows yeah. about the plane thing, right, where – Clark kind of was not going to let Andy Reid leave Kansas City without becoming the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think when you're you're having that attitude, you got to give up certain things. I'm sure there's stuff even behind the scenes we don't even know about between the Hunt family and Reid. But that second partnership, that second act of Andy Reid's career has really worked. Got his first Super Bowl title as a head coach, got the quarterback of his dreams. So I'm sure he's he's very happy with that decision. And I, I think you, coach, coaches that are becoming first-year head coaches – should keep that in mind when you're when you're p- picking a particular situation. Just because there's a, a coaching position available, doesn't necessarily mean it's it's the right thing for you. And and we have this perfect example in Kansas City because I'm sure Eric Bieniemy's name is going to be thrown out there 
mm-hmm. as far as being a head coach of the Denver Broncos. And it's like, you've been rooting this guy for this guy to get a, an opportunity for so long now, but you also are thinking, well, Eric, like you're really going to go to the Broncos with this quarterback. That's yeah. eating up all this cap space. And, and mm-hmm. he's among the worst quarterbacks in the league is you've waited a long time and we get that. But is, is this the right scenario to make sure that you're a head coach in the NFL for a long time? And I just, I think that's something to keep in mind when you're when you're talking about this this Denver job. So, well, and the enemy has already been on is already listed on a list of like five players that are said mm-hmm. to be under consideration by the Broncos yeah. as the permanent head coach. So, of course, that doesn't mean that he's interested, but right. that they're that they're he's one of the people that they're talking about, and they did interview him before they hired Hackett. So, um, you know, that wouldn't be a big surprise for them to be interested in him again. And then finally, because the Chiefs are the first team that are playing uh, the Broncos uh, under this new interim head coach, Reed was asked about that, and I liked his his uh, his response to this. He says, "You know, they already have our attention from the last game, so yeah. whatever they did with Hackett or didn't do with Hackett, we know we've got to be ready." So that's that's Andy Reed's attitude going into this. I'll tell you, it's the AFC West, and you know, you look at what Derek Carr did over the weekend with his three picks. Yeah, you know, you you're going to be seeing potential. It's crazy to say this with the 250 million dollar contract, but these last two weeks of the NFL season for the Chiefs, you may see different quarterbacks with this these teams next next year. A little bit mm-hmm. more yeah. unlikely, I think. For I think the Broncos have to give Wilson another shot with that money. One more year. I don't mm-hmm. know about 2024. I have real questions about Derek Carr being the quarterback of the Raiders in, in 2023. I think he has taken you as far as you're going to get, which is a handful of playoff appearances, but I think his ceiling is well known by now. And I wonder if this is the last time the Chiefs see the Carr-led Raiders. I, again, it remains to be seen. There's a number of veteran quarterbacks that should be available in this offseason. So we'll see if the Raiders go in that direction. All right, we're going to get into marinated takeaways in a second here, but just going to, given the fact that we've gone 17 minutes, let, let's throw an ad in here. I know Steve will like that. So we'll be right back with marinated takeaways right here on the Airhead Pride Editor's Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, I'm going to let this marinate. You know, let that one marinate, and then we can circle back. Adapt. React. Readapt. Takes time. It takes years. <laughs> That's the takeaway. All right, back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. We talked about Nathaniel Hackett. We have learned what we could learn from Andy Reid. I think the, the best thing about 
Andy Reid in in this appearance was the fact that he confirmed no injuries, which is great at this time mm-hmm. of year for the yeah. Kansas City Chiefs. Let's talk about this 24 to 10 win that occurred two days ago. So these takeaways are extra marinated, more marinated than usual. A lot of flavor <laughs> on these takeaways. So, John, let's turn to you as we do every week. What did you take away from this Chiefs win over the Seahawks? Well, I think this is yet another confirmation of how important turnovers are in NFL football games. Uh, the Chiefs didn't have any in this game, and they were in control right from the beginning, even when the offense was sputtering uh, mm-hmm. early in the game. They just continued to move forward and uh, build up this big lead. And because the defense was playing so well, uh, <laughs> they just never had a chance to come back yeah. and beat the Chiefs. And it just shows that it, it's those mistakes in these last two games that have made the difference between the Chiefs wailing on them and the Chiefs coming out with a close win against an inferior team. Yeah, I like that point. I I actually had a takeaway on turnovers. It was going to be my second takeaway, but I'll, I'll run it right now to, to match up with you, John. I think on the defensive side, the Chiefs are right now in need of a honey badger or a Marcus Peters ball hawk type guy. And I think seeing that Juan Thornhill was able, able to get an interception, he had some ball hawk tendencies before he had that injury his yeah, rookie year. He, he was really looking like that. And he type had of an guy. interception called back, too. I mean, yes. I guess it wasn't actually going to be an interception because he never touched the ground with the ball, but he mm-hmm. did pick one off in the end zone that, in a play that was called back. I like Justin Reed, even with all the Bengals weirdness mm-hmm. that happened this year. Yeah. I don't think he's your ball hawk type of guy. I just don't think I think he's a different type of player than than Tyron Matthew. Now he's playing a similar role. And look, sometimes you have to remember when Tyron Matthew would say, I'm too smart. Sometimes you have to sort of bait the other quarterback into throwing it your way so you can get these picks. I don't know if Justin Reed is that type of guy, but I think Juan Thornhill can be. If you really think back to his rookie season, he was mm-hmm. yeah. showing to be one of the better young safeties in the NFL. And I, I think he finally felt healthy, which is why he went on a tangent this offseason and said, I'm going to be an all pro. Maybe you're getting that all pro version of Thornhill at the right time. I think this pick was a positive sign for him. He has one less year than than Justin Reed, and he dealt with a lot of injury he dealt with. Steve Spagnuolo playing Dan Sorensen a lot more, and they have the same number of career interceptions. I just think that Thornhill can be that guy. Another guy that can be that guy for you one last year than Thornhill is Jerry Sneed. All three of these guys, uh, in my stats research, they have seven career interceptions apiece. So I think that is a dynamic that I, I think the Chiefs could really benefit from is Thornhill turning back into that ball hawk, and this is a, a step in the right direction. Justin Reed has said, and, and this is actually something I believe, once you get the turnovers cooking, Maybe it's a open the floodgates type of thing. So I think Juan Thornhill getting that pick is huge. And on the offensive side, John, the first turnover free game since week five and only the third one all year. That's incredible mm-hmm. for a 12 and three team. Yeah. And this is a point that I had been pumping. It's like the Chiefs are good. They're really good. If you can just see them play a clean game. Maybe they won't dominate a team, but they should win pretty handedly. And you got exactly that. I don't think the offense was great against the Seahawks could have been better. There was that middle of the game rut, but you see the difference when they're not shooting themselves in the foot. You don't have any of these worries of like, are we about to lose to the Houston Texans? Is this a, a game where we're, we're going to let the Russell mm-hmm. Wilson Denver yeah. Broncos embarrass us and ruin any chances at an AFC buy. And 
yes, was the game perfect in Seattle? No. I talked about how boring it was besides maybe the the Patrick Mahomes wrist pylon play which was awesome but i i just think <laughs> you you see what can happen with the chiefs when they just are are turnover friendly right like you're causing a turnover you're not turning the football over it's gonna be really hard to beat you and i hope that's something that they take with them in these final two games and then into the postseason well and to build upon that a little bit most of last year's losses were built on turnover games mm-hmm. games where mahomes had interceptions or Clyde Edwards Alaire fumbled the ball. You know, right. those those losses last year were built on those kinds of situations as well. So that carries that forward. And then I'll go on to my next point from this, yeah. which I've noticed today that in this game on Christmas Eve, the Chiefs had the highest percentage of defensive plays all year and still gave up the fewest points that mm-hmm. they've given up all year. Um, in, and, and, and even then only gave up a touchdown in garbage time at the very end. So what that tells you is that the Chiefs in this game really were bending but not breaking. They gave up, you know, the team was on the field a lot, the defense was on the field a lot, but they didn't give up many scoring and many points. And, of course, that's what shows up on the scoreboard at the end of the game. So I think that was a very interesting uh, thing to happen in this game that the defense was on the field a lot, but to no effect as far as the Seahawks were concerned. Yeah, and let's not sleep on on Geno Smith either. He's had a great season. Yes, He's really agreed. become one of the the top, I would say, top fifteen quarterbacks in the league. Maybe you're in that that ten to fifteen range, but I think still someone that you can win with. The Chiefs mm-hmm. did a great job against DK Metcalf. Yes, he had eighty one yards, but you take away the thirty five yarder. And the other receptions were 11 yards or less. And so I think to eliminate that threat, Ken Walker, yes, he ran for 107 yards, but only a 20-yard run was his, his explosive play, 4.1 yards per carry to get to 107. He had to run it 26 times. And the Seahawks game is establishing the run, controlling the football, the time of possession, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. continuing to put up in points. And so get a little bit of that bend, not break. And, and let's not forget, too, the Seahawks had three points – throughout the basically the entire game that last touchdown to make it um, 10 points 24 to 10 that occurred with 225 left in the fourth quarter Mm -hmm. which we've talked about this before sometimes the stats and points per game can be a little bit uh, misleading just because at that stage Steve Spagnuolo was coaching let's play back let's keep these guys in front of us let's run clock because at that point it was 24 to 3 and so I just uh, I, tremendous defensive effort and something that I think not only the fans really wanted to see, but the chiefs, I think in them needed to see our, right, we can, mm-hmm. we can do this. Right. And, and yeah. I, I think that was this big for them. And, and that's another takeaway that I had. And, and I kind of made all the points before I gave you my takeaway, but seeing the defense play like that <laughs> is more important than seeing the offense play like that. I, mm, I, yeah. I'm telling you, we know, we know when the playoffs start, Patrick Mahomes in the offense, they will score. Andy Reid, you know, we Andy Reid has keeps those unscattered looks. We've said that to an extent. We, you know, it's it's we he does always have some un, unscattered looks for the other team. The Chiefs will, will score. They're going to score in the playoffs. It's the defense that you 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 never know, right? Mm-hmm. Is another team that that's lesser than you going to be able to, to continue and and fight and have a shootout with Patrick Mahomes and right. And so, I think that seeing the the defense play this well gives you a lot of positivity and hope for the postseason and i just think these tournaments the afc tournament and the nfc tournament they're going to be 
wide open. And I, I think as you are starting to see the Chiefs come into themselves as a complete team, you're going to feel better about the AFC tournament and the, the idea of them being able to win it and get back to the Super Bowl. Uh, so, yes, to, like I said, seeing the defense play like that, more important than the offense, because I think the offense will be there. And I, I think it starts this week against Denver, and you see it um, come into its own a little bit as, as we get closer to the playoffs here in the next few weeks. I think right, you John, touched what... on this a second ago that it was not only important for the fans, but also mm-hmm. important for the team. And I yeah. thought it was interesting after the game how long Frank Clark talked yeah. when he got up to the podium at the end of the game and the kinds of things that he addressed. It was like it, it, it communicated to me that he felt that this was a statement game for yeah. the, the, the defense that he's on. And he stood up there and talked at great length about uh you know what they've been trying to do this season and i i think jared sap who wrote our story on it said you know i could have had 1500 words of quotes from the seahawks from were, they were entered the game scoring 26 points a game yeah they, they yeah. basically and franco was right they basically scored three he, he forgot about the last touchdown That's right he, he was like yeah. oh yeah they actually scored yeah. because it it was garbage time it, yeah they, you know and that, that's a great performance i i I know we had our complaints going into it and, and they were worthy. They were right, but they really, I think, turned it around against Seattle. And it's just something that the fans and, and players needed to see. All right, John, what's your final takeaway from this game? Um, the running back by committee. Okay. Maybe it's not dead, but it's <laughs> down to like two committee members now. Yes. Uh, yeah. Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. And this is why I'm saying this. One of the things that I track statistically all season is the percentage of running plays versus the percentage of passing plays, of course. And generally speaking, the chiefs are about two to one passing to running. So you see like 66% to 33%, something like that. Okay. Well, Isaiah Pacheco became the starting running back for the first time in week seven. Mm -hmm. And in that game, the chiefs, uh, rushed the ball 29% of the time and passed the ball 71% of the time. So that, you know, in that first game, they didn't really emphasize the run. But from that point on, all except, let's see, let's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games, there have only been two games that have had that kind of percentage. Otherwise, the running game has been between 42 and 52% of the snaps. And that's quite a departure. I mean, it's, you know, these percentages aren't huge, but when you're talking about Andy Reed, that is a lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they, they just, they just don't tend to, to do it that way. And so, um, this is kind of a, a big deal that they're they're going more towards running the ball. It has seemed like that, and the numbers are now showing that up. Yeah, I I think it it's an offense that is always ticking a little bit better. I've you know I make this point all the time. It just feels like it's ticking a little bit better when they don't get away from the run. When yeah. they pass a little bit more on first and second down, it just feels like sometimes they're they're pressing and do get into a rut. And I I just I, I think they continue to lean into the run game and you'll start to feel really good about where this offense is at heading into the playoffs. It, it's funny, John, we actually had similar marinated takeaways today across the board. My take was on Jarek McKinnon and a little bit just deeper into McKinnon. Everyone knows that I was in support of a Pacheco being that early down back. I still feel that way. 
But Jarek McKinnon is playing with the ball in his hands to the point of calling him Jamal McKinnon. And no, it's not the same player <laughs> no, as Jamal no, Charles. No. What I mean by that is you're starting to get a, a, a sense of we, we maybe need to be on touch watch which, with McKinnon. He's playing that good. Like, it, Shouldn't mm-hmm. he be touching the ball 15 times a game? Or the last four games, he has six touchdowns. Six touchdowns in four games. Six total touchdowns. On the four games that, that we're talking about, he has uh, an average of five and a half targets, five receptions um, per game there, and then seven rushing attempts per game, um, getting to uh, 30, 33 yards on the ground, uh, which is a 4.5 per attempt, and then 55 yards per game through the air. He, it, that's an average of 12 touches per game over the four-game stretch. In this particular game, he had five rushes, and then three receptions. And my point here is, again, lo- love me some Isaiah Pacheco. But you, you almost got to be putting the ball in, the, in McKinnon's hands to the rate of almost Kelsey at this point. That's how good he is playing. He's hot. And I feel like he needs to just simply be be touching the ball more more than eight times. I think you, you start to see that. I, I think the Chiefs have really identified him as the, the next guy. And you know what? It's it's a really, really great development that you have a third star behind what are Kelsey and Smith Schuster. Yeah. Like MVS, yes. he makes some tough catches sometimes. He is not that third guy. And, and there are going to be teams in the playoffs, especially when you get to the final eight and the final four that are not only going to have a plan for Travis Kelsey, but are good enough on defense to curb Travis Kelsey and to shut down Smith Schuster. And if they're playing a spy on Patrick Mahomes and he's not able to scramble like we've seen in some of the wins this mm-hmm. year, you need that third pass catcher and that third star, that third playmaker. At the age of 30, this breakout Cordarrelle Patterson type of season is Jarek McKinnon, and it, it's undeniable at this mm-hmm. stage. Yeah. And what a development for the Chiefs to, to really feel like you're, you're establishing that. With McKinnon, I know they've been hinting at Clyde back in the mix. Love me some Clyde great guy you got to stick with these two guys and you got to be getting mckinnon at least 15 touches per game that that's my take on, well and on at this, this stage of the game it would be difficult for edward zolaire to make much of an impact even in the post can't do it you can't yeah. do it yeah just in terms of getting him back from ir and you know getting him on the practice field and getting him up to speed to play i mean it just this is not the typical way the Chiefs would do it, would take a guy off injured reserve immediately and put him back in the game. They just don't do that. So. I know people love Rojo, but if you want to take Clyde back and put him in the Rojo position where if someone gets hurt, then you start to play Clyde. Or sure. yeah. like Rojo's been getting two plays a game, see what he can do if, if mm-hmm. the, the two backs are, are are tired or something like that. Fine, but this needs to be your one. Pacheco in the early downs. Getting getting the ball in, in McKinnon's hands on on the passing downs and certainly having him in there for pass protection. We know that Pacheco's still working on it. We don't want to see Patrick sure. Mahomes killed in in that sense. But <laughs> McKinnon yeah. is is the man. He just yeah. is the man right now, and I I just think that's such a great development for the Chiefs. All right, that is our abbreviated Christmas style editor show. A little bit shorter today for you guys. Wanted to get you our marinated takeaways. Certainly continue to encourage you for those thirty one reviews those five-star reviews so we can get this ice cream cake going and to start the, the new year with a bang. Uh, appreciate you. Please keep it locked in at arrowheadpride.com as we enter what will be this week 17 game. Remember, there's 18 now, so the second last week of the year. We'll be certainly covering the week 17 game against the Broncos throughout the, the week here at arrowheadpride.com, certainly on the, the Arrowhead Pride podcast network. And then should the Chiefs take care of a business, it is going to be a big Monday night in Kansas City. Who yes. knew? that Chiefs fans will be rooting as hard as they will be for 
Cincinnati Bengals. But it's that kind of week in the NFL. Those weird type of things happen at this time of year. A Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and yours. And I hope you enjoy what is the final week of, of 2022. Keep it locked in at ArrowheadPride.com. For Steve Serta and John Dixon, I'm Pete Sweeney. Thank you for joining us on another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show.